The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What up, fuckers? It's Christina Hutchinson. And Corinne Fisher. You are about to listen to a clip from Guys We Fuck, the anti-slut shaming podcast. This week, we uh, interview journalist, documentarian, and a New York Times bestselling author, Nancy Jo Sales, about her new book, Nothing Personal, My Secret Life in the Dating App Inferno. This is so interesting, whether you've been on dating apps, you're thinking of going on them, you, uh, you've never been on them, but you have kids who are on them. Oh. It, it really just dissects how much we have let basically corporations take over our love and sex lives and how we might be able to take take that power back. Yeah. Uh, so listen to the clip. And if you want to hear more, you can visit luminarypodcasts.com slash GWF where you can get a subscription for as low as $2.99 a month when you sign up for the annual plan. I wrote this article for Vanity Fair. Yeah. In 2015 about Tinder, and it was one of the first, I think it was the first article to really criticize online dating culture, mm-hmm. which had gotten this roll, the red carpet out response from big media, like, wow, look at the kids are doing, and it's all so great. And I talked to all these, I thought it was really fucked up, and I talked to all these young women about it, and they were like, no, Tinder sucks. And I talked to all these young men about it, they're like, yeah, I'm like have fucking a different girl every night. Right, exactly. Stuff. I mean, whether or not it was true, that's what they wanted me to believe about them because mm-hmm. that was the culture of online dating via apps is that yeah. it created this like player mentality and I think it was true in, in one particular case because his roommates were actually reminding him of who he da- who he had sex with like on Monday Tuesday oh was it the Slovakian girl oh no that was that was that uh, mm. publicist and you know, and he was like oh yeah and so I did this thing. Tinder went nuts. They attacked me on Twitter one night. Yeah, let's get into that. What? What? <laughs> so you criticized this company. Yeah. And then what did they? How? How was their response? Like, what did they say to you? Oh my God. So I. I mean, it was like, I was out. You know, I do stories for Vanity Fair. So my boss, Graydon Carter, who's my wonderful, was the wonderful editor of Vanity Fair for so many years. Yeah. And I, for my boss for like twenty years, he was like, do. Do the story on dating apps. And by this time, it's 2015. And I already think like, oh, all the dating app stories have been done. You know, mm. everybody, they've, everybody's been talking about them obsessively for the last couple of years. And I was like, really? Okay. But I wanted to do something different. And I wanted to do something real, which is to talk to actual users. Like, my idea was not to talk to the bosses of Tinder, Bumble, Yeah, because they're going to just feed an ad. Then you're doing yeah. an ad for Tinder. Then it's a sponsored well, article. that's what like, I thought. And that's why we never have those people on our show. Right. Like, those kind of people have been presented to us time like and time again. Episode. And I go, I can't believe anything you say. Yeah, I was like, I'm interested in the apps and learning about them, but through someone like you who has done unbiased re- research, not someone who has a stake in the company. I don't right. want to talk to a shareholder. That's ridiculous. That is exactly... <laughs> yeah. My point and what I thought, I just did what I always do, which is I've covered youth culture for decades and I just like went to bars and and places where young people congregate Mm -hmm. and said, what's up with this? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? And uniformly, the response was like, I hate it. I hate it. But I use it because there's like nothing else. I mean, this is what people were saying 
almost immediately after it came out, it was adopted so, so powerfully and overwhelmingly and immediately. And it was just became the, the quote unquote only way to date, which has only gotten worse since That's the pandemic. So funny. And it was weird. And I saw it as a corporate takeover. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to the to the users. But Tinder was very, very upset because they had been used to, like I said, this positive red carpet yeah, of press, blow, like blowjobs. Like so, they're like, <laughs> so they pulled like a Scientology basically, and had anybody who talks bad about Tinder will pay for it. I mean, in a lower grade form of like to well, they, harassing you on Twitter. T- their their Twitter account tweeted at me over thirty times. I was out to dinner with some friends mm-hmm. at um, this wonderful sake bar in my neighborhood, owned by my best friend Sake Bar Satsuko, which nice. you will read about in the book. And it's, shout out, it's yeah, no, she's the best. I love it. A woman-owned <laughs> business. Let's plug yeah. it. Well, yeah, she and her daughter <laughs> nice. own it and run it, and they're our best friends and like Aww. our family. And it's like the most fun place. And um, the the reason I mention it in connection with the book is there's a lot of conversations that happen in Saki Barsatsko about online dating because I would come home from a date and just be like, what the hell just happened to me? Mm. And I would go in there to talk to people about it. And I had all these interesting conversations with young women, men, straight, gay, whatever, because mm-hmm. everyone was just talking about this. Like, this is so odd that we're doing this. I mean, it's become so normalized now. But so, um, yeah, so I was in I was in Satsuko's and I, I was with my friends and one of them was somebody who's on their phone all the time. And she said, um, you're tr- trending on Twitter. And oh, I was no, like, why? Never you, yeah, it's never a good thing to trend oh, on Twitter. Gotta be honest. Oh, boy. Never. No. Oh, my heart's like, sinking for you. I was like, why? Why? Oh, no. And she said, I don't know. Tinder's really mad at you. <laughs> and they were mad. They were like, how dare you not talk to us? And how dare you? I mean, oh, Tinder, you mean- that is so stupid. Because it's like, how do you not know that it would be a corporate sponsored ad if we did talk to you? Right. Why would we talk to you? They were really mad. But what was also really disappointing was that at that point, 2015, like they created this kind of backlash to that story, even though so many people, so many young women, men sent me emails and DMs saying, you're right, you're right, you're right. This is exactly how I feel about it. But they created this sort of with all of this tweeting and stuff, they created this sort of backlash to my story. Like, I, I don't remember. They were big, big publications like Washington Post, Salon, Slate, just also attacked me and oh really one of, them, well, one of them said it was like an old person's version of tinder mm-hmm. who like about to, what to, about my story oh, oh my god yeah. wait these me- these 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 jur- wow no a journalist i think it was a female journalist said mm. that my story about tinder was like an old person's version of tinder what a cunt and and they called they said it was <laughs> a moral panic and all this stuff okay. and what disturbed me about wow. this really and disturbed me to this day is to this day is that we still do not have um really accurate reporting about what really goes on with online dating and mm. how it particularly affects women yes and because of that, it's been left out of this whole conversation about how big tech in general is is tearing apart our, uh, tearing apart our society and our yes. civilization and like making people really unhappy. And in the case of online dating, it's getting people raped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, absolutely. And mm-hmm. sexually assaulted. And there is data on that now. And yet it still hasn't become part of the bigger conversation about why we're using this why are these companies getting away with this in the Me Too era? How are they able to get away with such 
lack of accountability, sometimes they don't even answer mm-hmm. emails mm-hmm. when reports of incidents oh, that happen. sexual harassment or rape or like... Everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've interviewed so many... Because they're owned by young little... Like these dudes in Silicon Valley that don't give a fuck about anything except being millionaires. Well, if you look at really who they are, most of the people who started these Ones things, who can't get a date. Well, <laughs> you said not me. Uh, I'll also say it again. Like, it's also it's that, but it's also it's tech bros. It's guys who are in frat houses, and but it's also a lot of rape culturey guys. Yes, exactly, and that's how they first marketed Tinder in frat houses. But and and that's but also it's guys who went to business school. Mm-hmm. It's young guys who went to business school and are just looking. Not a lot of people who are used to hearing the word no, I imagine. Right. right. And they're just. In bed it's or a, otherwise. They're just, it's a business. It's all about engagement. Right. It's all about the engagement of the user with the app. It's not really about getting us a, a, a person who, mm-hmm. a great person to love or have sex with or anything. They don't care if we have. Most dating app sex that I've ever had is terrible. Yeah, it's to keep you engaged. And, and they talk about that a lot in The Social Dilemma, uh, yeah, which yeah. You know, on Netflix we've talked about on this show before. Uh, it's to keep, you know, it's that addictive quality that these apps have. And the engineers and I, of these apps were, were interviewed on The Social Dilemma. Mm-hmm. The engineers, and they're like, I would never let my kid use Instagram yeah. or Facebook. That is a trap that I coded, mm-hmm. and I regret coding well, it. they're doing the same exact thing with of course. Apps, which I talked about in my film. I did actually a documentary. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to think like my whole life is dating apps, but it isn't. In fact, I did do a documentary film for HBO. It's a fascinating concept. It's an area of expertise that you have. Yeah. Well, it's. I think it's so under discussed, and mm-hmm. that's why even after doing the documentary where I do talk about the whole addiction thing, right? I did the book because I, I had more to say, and I'd never really talked about the fact that I was on these things too, and you can't really um, imagine you know what it's like unless you've done it you know and like a lot of my friends older friends my age who've never never done any of this you know sometimes and I'm not saying all of them you know it's like but sometimes I have older women I mean I'm 56 now Mm -hmm. I have women friends who are you know married been married for 25 30 years whatever they have kids in college high school who never really tell them really what they're doing because they they don't want to shock them or upset them or let them know about their private life. So when I tell them, like, this is a lot of, like, it's not, like, some great, like, fun date with Timothée Chalamet. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're not, like, clinking glasses of rosé with, um, you know, some yeah. sweet guy who's going to write you love poems or something. I mean, Aww. and again, not to, not to, not to glamorize the past. I mean, you'll, if you read the book, you'll see, like, Terrible things. Happen. Yeah, basically, I mean, it's never been. It's never been, been good for happen. women. No, but we yeah. did. If you're a woman. Were, terrible things. Past, present, future. You could. You could maybe. You could maybe count on like the guy at least showing up. Number mm-hmm. one, yeah, maybe being on time. Um, maybe not like punching you in the face mm-hmm. in bed just mm-hmm. without like you know, you know because I've actually inter- interviewed yeah. someone that happened too. We hope you enjoy that excerpt from our interview with author, journalist, and filmmaker Nancy Joel Sales. And if you want to hear the entire interview and more of Guys We Fucked and more of other podcasts by people like Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Ranko Rappaport, go on over to luminarypodcasts.com. You can get a subscription for as little as $2.99 a month when you sign up for their annual plan.
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.